hear me. А вы что, собираетесь на ней жениться? Да. Ух, красота-то какая. Лепота. Таможня дает добро. И вообще не называй меня, пожалуйста, Вероника. Кто я? Вот кто я? Отныне русские земля единый быть. This is the Rus Files Unite podcast, where we watch Russian films and films with a Russian connection. As always, I am joined by a guest, and once again, I am joined by old podcast regular Lynn. Sorry to call you old. That's okay. I feel old at the moment. You're waving. Yeah, I'm waving. I'm... <laughs> It's an audio medium. Yeah. I guess that's why I should be waving. It's fine. <laughs> Decadent Western capitalist Lynn. I got to your house and then you gave me cream in my coffee. It was very fancy. Yes. Oh, oh well, only the best for the guests who can actually, you know, physically make it to oh, the studio. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it took 10 minutes less to get here than usual because the road's open again. Yes. Again, thrilling podcast this. Yes. Yes. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes in Britain, the roads don't work. That's true. That is because not enough of the capitalist profits are ploughed into making the state run efficiently. Yes. Um, what are we doing here? <laughs> We're going to be watching a film. That's okay, normally right. what we do. Yeah, it's good. Sounds good. Yes. Um, I feel like we need to beat around the bush before we introduce the film first. I mean, okay. you're a regular guest, but... Yes. Uh, it's been a while since we recorded. It has been a while. It's been almost a year or something ridiculous. Which is insane, considering how many episodes you've actually been on. I know. It's a crazy... Um, still, last time we were in my place and the downstairs people were being noisy. Yes. It's silent here. Which, as a as a listener, if you're a long-time listener, you will have noticed I expertly edited out, so that's probably fine. Yeah. So I assume that your place is more decadent because it's either better soundproofed or your neighbours are quieter. Yeah, it's definitely more decadent. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, film-wise, have you seen anything Good since um, the last time you were on? Cause... I feel like I've hardly seen it. That's not true. I went through a lot of, um, if anyone needs a recommendation to mm. subscribe to BFI Player, you can yes. subscribe for a month for free, which is what I did. And then. If you're in the UK, obviously. If you're in the UK. I, I don't know whether you can subscribe outside. You, you, you might. Anyway. Write in, let us know. Let us know. Is BFI available? Because obviously Filmstruck. Um, May it rest in peace. But there's loads of great stuff on there. Yeah, I have. It's it's kind of like, eh, as soon as I can justify paying for this. <laughs> it's cheaper than Netflix. Yes. There's no TV series on there, though. Like right, right, right. So you can't watch the entire back catalog of Great British Bake Off for the third time. But <laughs> should, you're trying to be a fine player. Should you so desire. Should you want to. Yeah. You need something to watch over dinner. What are you going to watch? <laughs> yeah, so I, wrote, I watched a lot of Cronenberg. That was mostly in my month of subscribing to it. it oh, okay. Was, it was mostly Cronenberg back catalog. <laughs> Okay, because I've not seen a ton. I mean, we did cover uh, Eastern Promises. There we go. We okay, covered yeah. on this I'm, podcast. A, a one I've not seen, but did listen to the podcast about it. Yeah, I was going to say, you better have listened to that episode. I did listen to that episode, but I've not seen the film. <laughs> I think yeah. it wasn't available on BFI Player. Gotcha, BFI. right, right, right. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's over 10 years old. It's now like a classic film, right? Isn't that how it works? I'm pretty sure that's how it works. <laughs> if you can still remember it after 10 years, it's probably a classic. Yeah. Um, I remember going to the Pokemon movie. Yeah, so which was by the... almost twenty years, maybe people very old, <laughs> eighteen years ago. Yeah, so clearly by that clearly it's criteria, classic. I don't yeah. remember what happened though. Does that count? What did I see? Videodrome. That was good. oh okay. Um, what else did I say? Because I haven't seen his early stuff. I've like, literally only seen <sighs> the what's the one about the terrifying killer babies? A brood. The brood. Yeah. Yeah. That was okay. Video drone was great. Okay. Um, like, it's all nasty and violent, but, like, 
It's got a good, like, 80s vibe. Gotcha. I enjoyed Did you see Scanners? Because I've heard that. Yes. Also saw Scanners. Similar vibe to Videodrome. I felt like it made less sense somehow. Okay. Like, I felt like the plot of Videodrome propelled the film along. And gotcha. Scanners... It was just a little convoluted. Oh, like, okay. Who, who's, who's this now? What's yeah. going on? I've heard it's splurgy. Splurgy? Yeah. Um, As in people's heads go splurge. Yeah, but that's like right near the start. And they like get it over with and then it's not like there's no violence the rest of the film, but like okay. the worst of it is like dealt with early on. Gotcha. And so it's, it's kind of like... It's like Game of Thrones. It's like the first series is full of a lot more uh, okay. sex and violence than actually most of the rest of it is. Oh, okay. Just to kind of like... <laughs> either, either to... Either to hook the people who are kind of mainly there for that, and or get rid of all the people who are likely to be yeah. turned off from that. Yeah, it seems like, um, get the workouts early out. That's right. Let's try that again. Let's get the walkouts out. Sadly. No, it won't work any better. <laughs> my, my subscription expired. I should just pay Fiverr and get on with watching the rest of it. When I was like 20 minutes through Dead Ringers, okay. which I heard is great. Yes, Jeremy Irons, right? Yeah. Yes. So um, I need to sit down and watch that sometime. Yeah, need to see more. Um, I'm trying to think what else I saw. Some Herzog. Okay, I, I've not seen any of his Like in stuff. a bit of Herzog. Sorry, um, I'm really Have you not even seen the like, documentaries, like the more recent Grizzly yes. Man? And... Yes, correct myself. Yes, have seen Grizzly Man, have also seen Cave of Forgotten Dreams. Oh, I don't think I have seen Cave of Forgotten Dreams. I yeah. saw it in the absolute non-ideal circumstances, i.e., on a plane. Okay. Well, fair enough. I usually watch terrible fa- films that I would otherwise feel guilty about wasting my time watching on planes. Paycheck, for instance. Mm. Was that with... Um, oh, The Island. That's another one that I saw. Um, oh, I saw These are all terrible films. I saw it in it. the cinema, for my shame. It's pretty terrible. It wasn't as bad as Paycheck. It makes you feel better. Okay. Yeah. Don't know. <laughs> Is it Uma Thurman and Matt... Di- no, not Matt Damon. The other one. Ben Affleck. Is uh, it Ben okay. Affleck and Uma Thurman in like a sci-fi... Yeah, that one. It's not good. Totally won't. Right, so... <laughs> Some random So films. don't watch that yeah. when you could be watching Cronenberg, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's quite a sad state of affairs, but most of the good films that I saw this year were on planes. Okay, what what have you seen that's good this year? Yeah, so I saw Crazy Rich Asians. Okay. Which, How was that? It was very fun. It kind of lived good. up to the... the we should mention we're recording this right at the start of January 2019. Yes. So this is the 2018 <laughs> retrospective episode. Yes. That you may not get until halfway through 2019, but that's okay. Yeah. we're. Uh, you may have spotted we're covering for the fact that we don't know anything about the film we're about to watch. No, so we will introduce that. It's title. Yes. Have you have you seen the uh, the one about ski jumping? The the rapture of the Herder Woodsman or something like that? No. It's good. I think it might be in German, but it's, it's good. Fair. Rainer Woodcraft, he's got a crazy name. I have to look it up later. And when it's about ski jumping. Yeah. Uh, not to be confused with that Hugh Jackman movie. with Not that it was, not he was what? starring in. Uh, the Eddie the Eagle movie from a couple yes, of years ago. Yes, I have also seen that. <laughs> Which, yeah, so have I. It's fun. Um, What's that even called? I think, is it just called Eddie the Eagle? Yeah, or Eddie. Or, or just Eddie, maybe. Yeah. Um, Eddie is odd. Did that play well outside of the UK? Because I assume that no one outside the UK has heard of Eddie the Eagle. I suspect not, but... <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Right in. Let's yes. Know. If you're Again. Not in the UK, Eddie the Eagle. Do you know who Eddie the Eagle is? Um, yes. <laughs> I also saw Black Landsman. Oh yeah, I haven't seen that either. It was very good. That was my first Spike Lee film. So yeah, I'm not sure I've seen that Spike Lee film. Yeah. Sorry, we're really burnishing our cinephile credentials here, aren't we? Yeah, we are. Never mind. <laughs> yes, that's good. It makes me want to see more Spike Lee. I realised it didn't come out last year, but I saw Thor Ragnarok, which made me slightly less disillusioned about all the Marvel movies that I've just given up on keeping up with. I started trying to keep up with them, and then there was just too many and I couldn't care about them anymore. But Thor Ragnarok was great. Yeah, I mean, I actually like all of the Thor movies. I mean, people say that Thor 2 is like one of the weakest of all of them, but... I haven't seen that one. Weirdly, that's one of the strands that I have seen all of. If you haven't seen other films, which presumably you have, What We Do in the Shadows and The Hunt for the, Hunt for the Wild People... Both of them are great. I've seen very small bits and pieces of, uh, what was it, the vampire one? We uh, live yeah, What We Do in the Shadows. What We Do in the Shadows. There we go. Yes. Recommendation. I think I remember seeing Chris Mead, okay. mutual friend, recommending. Um, yeah, Hunt for the Water People is very good as well. Um, what else? I don't, I'm trying to think of anything I saw in the cinema last year. Uh, Lady Bird, I guess, at the start of the year. How was that? Yeah, I want to see great. that. And I reckon it was my parents. My mum loved it. My dad mm. was bemused by it. Okay. What I suspected would happen. 
<laughs> Fair. But yeah, I feel like I really haven't been to the cinema very much at all this last year, and that makes me sad. That's because I moved to a town that doesn't have a good cinema. Yeah, I mean... Just don't do that. That's recommendation for life. Yes, live in a place where there's a good cinema. Yes. It's easy to get to. Yeah. Whereas I live in Milton Keynes, which, you know, has cinema, but you have to have yeah. a car and we don't have a car at the moment that's so. true um, um i guess it must be big enough to show something interesting things sometimes but it's like a week and you miss it it's frustrating yeah oh well at least we have the internet i guess <laughs> yes this has made it a little bit easier yes what's the film we're watching the film we are watching is letter never sent is one of the english titles okay another english title is the unsent letter which is actually more accurate as a translation it's poetic though isn't it it is, yeah. It is a bit like pedantic. Um, so yeah, the Russian title is "Неотправленное письмо." Good. <laughs> I think it sounds quite Azogian because I looked up the screenshots on IMDb. Oh, uh, okay. I don't know whether it is. Let's find out. Yeah, I don't know how old Werner Herzog was in 1960. Uh, not old enough to be directing this film, probably. Probably not. He's probably not even old enough that he would have been at film school, but he is very old. <laughs> uh, um, sorry hot take Hi, <laughs> yeah, yeah. he's very old hashtag film twitter what's your hottest <laughs> film um, <laughs> Werner Herzog is old and yet still alive yes um, yes I should say who directed this one seeing as we're talking about who didn't direct it okay it's... yeah because it takes us a while to just narrow down the people that didn't direct it. <laughs> that's how we're going to get to eight that's... hours <laughs> Hiroshima Twinkie. Um, um, should, probably should explain for, for, for listeners, before we started recording, we noticed we have eight hours worth of recording time on the recording device at the moment. So we were joking about making this an eight-hour episode. Don't worry, we're not going to do... I think that's it. That's it. It tells you how big your SD card is. You've got to choose the right size SD card for your yeah. recording. So this one's too big, evidently. Apparently, yeah. Um, well, so I guess I have to go home at some point. <laughs> <laughs> you'll be expe- you'll, you'll be missed. Yeah, uh, yeah, we'll eventually be missed after eight hours, I imagine. Um, um, so yeah, who who directed it? Mikhail Kalatozov. Okay, second guessing my pronunciation. I was yeah. better than mine. So this is not his most famous movie. His most famous movie is The Cranes Are Flying. Okay, which I think it, I think it won an award at Cannes. Is it about cranes? Mm, there are some cranes in it. Okay. Probably. I was just trying to interpret how literal his titles were as to whether Letter Never Sent is going to have any letters that are not sent in them or whether uh, it's just more of a metaphor. I'm pretty sure there is a letter and they're probably more intrinsic to the, the plot. I don't okay. know. <laughs> um, I know very little about this other than it's in Siberia and there's a disastrous fire at some point. But okay. Yeah. It's some kind of expedition. But yeah, The Cranes Are Flying is very good. You should see that at some point. Yeah, I'd like to do that. <laughs> but yes, so we should probably go away and watch the film, shouldn't we? I'm looking forward to it. I don't really know anything about it. So it's in Siberia. <laughs> oh, oh, I can say a couple of cast notes. Oh yes, please. So the female lead is Tatiana Samoylova, who was the lead in The Cranes Are Flying. Okay. So she's also in this. And also this features Vasily Livanov, who long-time listeners might remember the name because he was Soviet Sherlock. So oh, I didn't see that film. But I remember the episode. <laughs> I do listen to these episodes. So I'm like making it seem like there's this draconian regime where I just yeah. like go around my friends' houses and, and just go, test us. Are you listening to that podcast? I enjoyed the one about mermaids. Uh, was there just one mermaid? Uh, it was a mermaid singular. Yeah, and it was more of a figurative mermaid. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. So yeah, we have <laughs> we have Soviet Sherlock. Okay. But this is quite a long time, like nearly 20 years before he took on that role. So. Okay, before Soviet Sherlock. Yeah. So I'm wondering if I'm... In 1960, were they not really open to Sherlock? Apparently not. It was just too, like, reactionary. No, I don't know. It just wasn't. They hadn't got around to making it yet. How reactionary was Sherlock? Probably not very. I don't know. Listener, write in. How reactionary is Sherlock Contrast. 
It's like AS English topic or history topic or something. I don't know. Yeah. I think we did a bit of Soviet history at school, but I don't remember ever having to do Sherlock comparisons. Yeah. Which is a missed trick. Yeah. I mean, I feel like probably the criminals in each of the cases are at various different levels of the social spectrum. So it's not like Batman where he's like mainly beating up like poor street criminals. <laughs> hey, I'm a billionaire. I'm gonna Yeah, I've never I didn't didn't really think to now, stupidly, how regressive Batman is. Yeah, no, I, I can't really take credit for the insight. I, I remember watching a Have I Got News for You episode and Reginald D. Hunter was like, Oh, I hate Batman <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, Why do you hate Batman so much? And so he explained uh, That makes sense. I don't know, superheroes are kind of fashion. Uh, this is not a hot take, is it? This is, this is the premise of Watchmen, a, co- mm. a comic from, I think, the year I was born, probably. And a dearly beloved movie. And a movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> the first ten minutes of which, by which I mean the intro, is really good. It's so long I can't remember, but I just know <laughs> that everyone hates it. <laughs> so I'm being yeah, but the credit scene, the credit scene's great. Okay. I will take your word for it. What's first time on this topic? So long ago. And then just, you know, don't worry about it. Just yeah. read the comic again. Um, oh, I have read the comic. I read the comic before because I had a friend who was. I had a friend once, <laughs> besides <Okay. you>. <laughs> <laughs> It was just nice. that story there. Those, those heady days. Oh, those days. <laughs> when we were younger. Yeah. <laughs> um. uh, I think I have to be careful, otherwise, someone's going to break into Live and Let Die. <laughs> live and let die. Bam, I can't remember any of the verses to live and let die. I'm sorry. Um, I think there was something about when you were young and your heart. And I that. never needed anyone. Maybe those days are gone. Um, that's a different thing. That's a different thing. <laughs> um, on a musical note, does yeah. this have anything to do with the song that never sent by REM? No. Okay, just All wanted to clarify that. I mean, potentially they might have. Come across the Who title knows? and go, that's an inspiring and enigmatic sounding title. Let's write a song about that. Let's say, yes, that's what happens. And then sing and it into a bucket. Sing it into a bucket. And we should do an RM podcast. I'd like to do that. That'd be fun. The like and subscribe. Remcast. The Remcast. <laughs> um, surely someone's taken that title already. Probably. But yeah, any excuse to listen to some more RM. Yes. So look for that soon in your regular pods capture of choice i take it that's not a legally binding promise that's a legally binding promise unless you edit out this episode (laughs) but if this appears on the internet that's a legally binding promise right that's how the internet works i guess we're doing an rem cast now (laughs) um right what are we doing Uh, watching this film film, it's quite a short film though so we've got lots of time to like talk nonsense about it yeah um, so do you remember what we say at this point? Yes. Good. <laughs> I say with unfounded confidence. Which is, calling your bluff now. Payekali. Excellent, you do listen to the podcast. I do listen to the podcast. This is true. Okay. It's like third or fourth on my list of podcasts. Excellent. Um... <laughs> I was going to say, write in if you'd like to know Lynn's top three. Do you want me but... to give you my top three? Yeah, no, I don't not. know. I don't know. No, no, no. Okay. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> I like just... to remain enigmatic. <laughs> just notionally, you're like about fourth or fifth. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right. Um, I'm giving you more of a hard time than I should be about No, I'm enjoying it. But... It's fine. Yeah. But anyway, because that's what Yuri Gagarin said when he blasted off into space. And this film came out. A year before that happened. I, I did read a book about Koryalev, is that his name, last year? The the rocket designer. You know more about this than me. <laughs> it was really interesting. Oh, okay. Cool. The Russian space program, quite interesting it turns out. Yes. That's my book review. Um, also got it from the library. Use your local library. Yes. Yep. <laughs> so do those things. Okay. So, three, two, one. Payethely. I get some tea now. Excellent.
we've just watched Mikhail Kalatorzov's letter never sent, unsent letter, the letter that didn't go where it was supposed to. Yep, that one. <laughs> and before we talk about what we thought of it, over to Lynn for a quick summary of the plot, but this is potentially where we might have some spoilers, so if you don't want to know what happens, pause the podcast, go yeah. away, watch the film. It's actually on YouTube, legally, Moss Film handily uploaded it. So you can watch it and not feel guilty about it, for free. Indeed. So that's good. The subtitles seem okay too. Um, yeah. Okay, it's a film in which not everyone dies. Hooray! That's pretty much a plot summary, but almost everyone dies. So <laughs> When I said it was going to be a quick plot summary... <laughs> So there's four geologists. Well, three of them are definitely geologists. What's the other one? Like a guide? I don't know. It wasn't clear. In Siberia in nineteen in the late 50s. And some geophysicists have said there's anomalies, which means they must be diamonds in them there. Plains? Or are they hills? Forests. I don't know. Forests. Tiger, I think. Maybe. Um, so they spend the whole summer faffing about and don't find any. And at the end, they do find some. At the end of the film, or at the no, end? No, of... the end of the the season, right? The summer geological season. Yeah, just after the point where they're kind of like, uh, should we call it a year? Yes. Um, so then they have to get out, but then there's loads of forest fires, and almost everyone dies. Yeah. Yep. By <laughs> which that's the plot. Yeah. By which we mean <laughs> one out of four survives. One out of four survives, and barely. Yes. Yeah, we were pretty convinced at the last scene that he was a goner. Yeah, he may well have been a goner, surely after the credits rolled. Yeah. Who knows? Um, yeah, that's it, really. Yeah, that is pretty that's much... just the plot. <laughs> yes, and there's some interpersonal relationship intrigue. There is a little bit, yeah. Um, mainly, so the two young geologists are kind of dating, and then the guide, Sergei. Yep. See the guide's... He's lonely and then kind of starts to make a sinister pass at Tanya. Yes. So the party is three three men, one woman. Yes. Hence. Well, Const- not hence. Constantin. Not- yep. Who was writing the letter that is never sent. And is the leader. And is the lead geologist. We won't tell you which one survived. Tanya, who is the young female geologist. Alexi? Not quite. Oh, darn it. Andre. Andre. Um, who's the other young geologist, and Sergei, yes. who is the guide. Yes. And Andre is kind of like the very nerdy scientist. Yes. That's his characterization. Is he his characterization. is a big nerd. He's a big nerd. Um, also, he is Sherlock Holmes. And the guy that plays Sherlock Holmes in a different film. Yes. <laughs> yes, he isn't Sherlock Holmes in this film, um, but the actor. Yes. So there is a letter that is never sent. So yes. that was pleasing. It wasn't just metaphorical. Yes. You see Constantine writing to his wife at various points in the film. Yeah, his wife Vera. Vera, yeah. yeah. Um, what else happens? It's basically like the first half is tense about whether they're going to find diamonds and whether there's going to be sexual assault. Yeah. Which, which there's not. No. There's just a sinisterness. Yes. Um, briefly. Lots of creepy, creepy staring from yeah, Sergei. Creepy staring. And then... Oh, he does hit someone, so that's just some regular assault. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Sergei gets a little bit jealous, so he decides to crack Andre on the jaw. And then the last 40 minutes is just like a horror film, where there's a lot of, like, <laughs> music and... People go through swamps, and there's fires, and there's snow, and yeah, it's yeah. just like, no one's going to survive. Oh, there's zombies. There could have been zombies, but there wasn't. No. Spoiler alert. <laughs> zombies. No Yeah. No zombies, spoiler alert. No yeah. zombies, spoiler alert, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you're looking for zombies, this is not the film. It's not the film for you. Um, yes, but I, I see what you mean about it being horror film-esque, except the twist is that the monster is Mother Nature inside us all along maybe i don't know um <laughs> but but it's mostly it's mostly the elements are yes. picking them off like i thought for a bit like is there going to be a thing where sergey is crazy and murders somebody yeah that seems to be what they're hinting at for about the first half hour that's yeah. what's going to happen and then yeah 
It doesn't. That is the his well, not exactly fight, but like you say, the assault. Yeah, it's over pretty quick. Yeah, he cracks them on the jaw, but they're both carrying shotguns at the. <laughs> And it's yeah, like, but then they just walk off. Yeah. Like, no one actually points a shotgun at anyone. No. And which is weird. Yeah, I don't know whether that's like a an of-the-time thing or like a, an intentional... Yeah. Oh, we won't do this. We just keep hinting that it's going to turn into... Yeah, yeah. That kind of film that doesn't... So that was an interesting kind of choice, I guess. Yeah, like you say, the horror is really the surroundings, not other people so much. Yeah. The cinematography is very pretty. Yeah. It's very stark and like contrasty, and I don't know how contrasty is. Yeah, we should point out it's a movie in black and white. Mm, yeah, and it is. It's sumptuous. It's sumptuous. There's a lot when they're traveling. There's a lot of silhouettes of them and trees, and a lot of it's backlit. And mm. yeah, it's really lovely. I don't actually know. I have no idea where they filmed it in Siberia, where they just filmed it in someone's garden in Moscow. <laughs> I, I think a former is probably more likely. <laughs> Certainly on location. And this is a, a weird point and probably just shows that I haven't seen that many films mm. in the grand scheme of things. But I haven't seen too many black and white films that are shot this heavily on location in the, in the wild like this. Because, you know, it's a lot of the black and white movies I've seen have been Hollywood movies that are set mostly indoors you might yeah, get some city shots like on the soundstage yeah yeah absolutely so that was cool and yeah and if they did film bits of this on the soundstage they pulled it off well yeah um because it all looked very much like they didn't hmm. some cool angles as far oh as yeah as lots of dutch like dutch angles and that's the thing right when it's sideways and off where it's off yeah i guess parallel. it's like not at right angles not at right angles um, yeah, like really, yeah, like, like quite menacing. Hmm. But again, it, it, a lot in the first half where there's a sort of air of menace, but nothing really happens. Yeah, and then later on, it's just kind of like the tension of, okay, how are they going to get out of this? Yeah, I like. It was interesting. It was. I thought your comparison to the Revenant, which is not on tape, um, <laughs> was was good. like was good. It was now short than the Revenant. Yeah, I was going to say... I think did it a favour, even though sometimes it felt like quite a long 90 minutes. Yeah, I haven't seen The Revenant, but from what I've heard of it, the idea is... Sim- is could have got away with that. Some... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being honest with, with, the, with the listeners. Oh, that's very, it's very... What's the word? Yeah, integral? You have integrity. <laughs> yes. Integral of That is yeah, not... Very... <laughs> yeah, no, I suspect not. Yeah. Um... Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, so I haven't seen I haven't seen that, but yeah, the sort of survival against pretty long odds, mm. Well, not survival in most people's cases in this. Um, yeah, what's to remind me? Of? I, like, we're talking earlier about Herzog. It could it wouldn't have surprised me hugely if it was a Herzog film in the sense that it's very bleak. Mm, yeah, and like the overwhelming power of nature. Yeah, an unfeeling universe. Yeah. Although it was kind of shot through with a slightly like, I mean, flag waving is is way too strong a description, but still a certain amount of like the film opens, for example, with a dedication to the Soviet people. Oh yeah, I remember that referencing the space race and various yeah. Other so and there's quite uh, like we're doing this for the country because we need to we need to not just survive because it's our personal survival it's so we can get the map to show where these diamonds are yes and that's going to be very important i wasn't entirely sure why they needed the diamonds but maybe i don't understand that much about industry was it for diamond saws or something that kind of thing uh they didn't really explain they explained that it was going to be very important for industry yeah oh and, well. i'll take the word for it yeah and they were going to build like Diamond City, the the it's where Wario lives. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> aspect of pop culture has just pa- passed me by. Yeah, that that Diamond City. They, it kept appearing in the subtitles as like mm. Diamondburg, but yeah. I guess how that that was them trying to creatively translate what they the dialogue is. 
Almazagrad. So Almaz is diamond in Russian, and Grad is just like oh, it's so a small, literally like diamond city. It's just the sort of like like diamond town. Like a town town name. Yeah, exactly. Like for example, Leningrad or something. Exactly, and like St. Petersburg before it was Leningrad, it was Petrograd. Yeah. You know, because being called St. Petersburg when you're fighting Germany in World War One, yeah, it's a bit too German sounding. <laughs> that is literally why that changed. Anyway, um, um, like the royal family changed their name. Yes. <laughs> yes. Saxe Coburg. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, um, <laughs> diamonds are forever. <laughs> um, that's as maybe, but. Uh, <laughs> we were thinking about like thermodynamics. Um, anyway, they have a higher energy than graphite, so I guess they're technically unstable. Yeah, this is where um, <laughs> I'll defer to your actual. It's fine. Scientific knowledge, because... It doesn't matter. Um, the important thing is that... Was it good? That's the thing. I'm not sure that it was. It wasn't bad. Like, I like the tension. The setup was good. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. I feel like maybe I've been spoiled. Maybe in the 60s it would have been exciting. But it was a bit like... This yeah. setup's good. These people are interesting. There's, like, interesting conflicts. And then... This kind of stops being interesting conflicts and everyone just dies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I felt like... Visually, it's fantastic. Mm. Yes, agreed. But, I mean, something about the storytelling was lacking a bit, and I'm really struggling to put my finger on what it was. I think for me, it just got to the point where I was, like, invested in these characters. Mm. And then I kind of wanted... I think I was more interested in the relationships between them. And then it suddenly skips to the end of the season. Yeah. I think maybe that's just because after the first like 10 or 15 minutes, you have a certain amount of expectation about what it is. And you're like, mm. oh, there's tensions between these people and this is awkward and this guy's lonely and like he's not dealing with that well. And like, are these other ones going to be okay? And are they going to find diamonds? And, and yeah. then suddenly it's like, oh, it's three months later. It's the end of the season. Uh, they find some diamonds and now... They're being picked off by nature. And now they're being picked off by nature. So maybe that's like, I don't know, is that a good twist? Maybe it is a good twist. That that's not really how it feels, what's going down. But then at the same point, I just think maybe it was less interesting. Yeah, it was strangely unsatisfying. But yes, it's it's interesting that what you say said about like being invested in the characters, it took me a long time to get invested in the characters. Well, I was just starting to get invested at yeah. the point at which they stop <laughs> doing anything with the characters. And they start being murdered by... Yeah, and they just start being murdered the by wilderness. trees or whatever. Oh, as far as tension is concerned, it does do a good job of like conveying just how hopeless being lost in Siberia would be. Oh yeah, that was that was good. Because of the vastness, they have all this stuff about like the raid. It certainly makes it seem like pretty, it's pretty terrifying. But I yeah. would imagine it was pretty terrifying. So. Yeah. Yeah, and part of the thing is there are all these forest fires. So we're like, oh, light a fire so that Blaine can see you. Uh, okay, no, <laughs> that won't work. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's really good at, at like, I don't know, if it's just a mood piece, I think it comes across a lot better because it's good at conveying the mood, which is very bleak. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or even a couple of other moods earlier on, like the tension and like, even to an extent, the like elation when they find diamonds and that kind of stuff. Like, Yeah. But I don't know. I found like in terms of the mood, sometimes that was slightly sabotaged by the music. I feel like the music didn't, Actually, no. I don't want to make a blanket statement about the music. Some of the music was really good and mm. effective. Other bits of it was just like, this is a kind of like, not like 40s, 50s, early 60s film, film of this time. Mm. It's dramatic, blaring music, you know? There was some blaring music. It started quite synthy. Yeah. Which you mentioned. I don't really know whether it was since, I guess. It could have been early, early since. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, at this point. Or certainly more electronic And those yeah. were kind of cool. Yeah, those were kind of cool. Yeah, the only other kind of music cue that I didn't really get along with was that maybe at the very, very end when he kind of makes it and it's a little bit triumphant. Mm. Oh, it's, yeah. It was probably fit yeah. at the moment, but it just seemed so unlikely that he was still alive. 
Yes. Like, had his body kind of floated down and then those guys found it and found the map. And you would have been like, oh, someone's found it, but then he's dead in the process. Yeah, I think there was... Like, de- oh, is he still alive? This seems unlikely. Yeah, there was definitely some kind of, like, suspension of disbelief kind of issues once the snow set in. It was just like, no, no, you would both be dead. And, like, one of them does die because yeah. of the snow. But the other person who does survive to the end, you're kind of like, really, really, you would just be dead. <laughs> <laughs> Have you watched How I Ended the Summer for this podcast yet? I still haven't. Just not watched it? Okay. Um, I'm going to try and do it without many spoilers. Yeah. But just there's elements of this that like reflect it. Mm. And, you know... I... In that kind of being out in the wilderness of gotcha. like, what is it like to sort of spend your days like... Isolated. Isolated and... for like long periods. Yeah, yeah. And away from the usual kind of... Things that you rely on. Yeah. And there's a similar, I think, in that film, which I found more satisfying without trying to be spoilery and trail on your podcast, because you stupid when I have to debate it, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or particularly seeing as you mentioned it in the very first episode, oh, yeah. and I still haven't got to um, it. But that does a similarly like good job of kind of ratcheting up that kind of tension. Mm. Um, and again, in some ways, it doesn't... I think it pays it off better than Let Never Sent does. Not necessarily in the ways that you'd expect again. But, um, okay. So keep listening. We'll get to it eventually. We'll get to it eventually, yes. <laughs> um. Yeah. And I'm sure the Russian filmmakers growing up now, like Kalatorzov is one of their kind of mm. like go-to, this is somebody you need to know about. Yeah. Like just because he's one of their big names, I guess. It, it it's kind of like I'd say my understanding is his like place in world cinema. I mean, I'm not qualified to talk mm. about this, but he's kind of like just below the level of like because everyone's heard of Tarkovsky and yeah. everyone's heard of Eisenstein. He's kind of like the next level down from okay. that. He's like, I mean, I can see why, and like it certainly seems well crafted. Yeah. Um, I just wish the second half wasn't quite so... Sort of drawn out, or... Drawn out, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> for a 90-minute film, it's... We were we did get to a point where it was kind of like, okay, how long is left now? It's like the opposite of Andre Rubia, <laughs> where <laughs> I just wanted to watch the last hour again, and I could mm. do without watching the previous two hours. Mm. Um, where I felt like you didn't really get to know any of the characters in that film at all. I mean, to an extent. Um, now we're talking about a different film. But, yeah. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure I totally agree with you on, on about Andrei Rublyov, but yeah, um, that kind of feels it's three hours, but it feels about the amount yeah. of time that it is, whereas this feels like it's about two hours. Yeah, it just feels like it's... Yeah, it doesn't go on forever, it just, but it does feel like it's a little bit longer than... It should be. I don't know. Maybe that's the point. I'm trying to give it the benefit of the doubt now. Yeah, yeah. Because that that absolutely, you're right. If it's trying to convey a horrible situation in some ways, you do want it to have like a. I think it feels like because they don't really pay off the sort of interpersonal stuff. No, because they just start murdering people. Yeah, well, not murdering, but because they they don't really pay off. They feel like oh, it could have been like a 60 minute, like long TV mm, episode. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like, why bother yeah. setting up those personal... Yeah, or like, yeah, some TV series where there's, you know, individual things like, I don't know, Black Mirror or something. I guess there's other older ones, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, where it's got six... Yeah, where they spend maybe less time... They spend, they spend a little bit of time setting that up, and then you still have the... Everyone gets murdered <laughs> by nature thing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess, though, if you totally took out the character development, it would feel... Very, very flimsy. It like, was. Or maybe he just cut down the... Maybe everyone could just die quite slightly sooner. Yeah. I I think I did read somewhere prior to watching this that it was kind of rushed to completion and it wasn't totally how he wanted it to okay. be. I can believe but, that. Yeah, I mean, you could say in some ways it's more realistic in the sense of, like, y- you know, in, in life not every, like, kind of relationship gets a like neat payoff true <laughs> but 
when you're storytelling, you kind of there's, <laughs> con- conventions exist for a reason, I guess. Yeah, and it's not like I want everyone to ha- have a happy ending necessarily, but yeah. it just feels like it just felt like a bit of a waste. Yeah, um, and it's not that it felt if it's true that he didn't have enough time mm. to do what he wants. It's not that it felt unfinished. It's yeah. just there were like threads within it that felt underdeveloped. underdeveloped yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, definitely. Does this make you want to see more of his stuff, or is it kind of like, eh, I'm not sure I'd like it based on this? Yeah, I think there was enough stuff that was interesting here, and he seems, like, seems to do a really good job of like setting things up. Hmm. I'd like to see another one of those films where ideally stuff gets paid off better, perhaps. Gotcha, yeah. Um, and I would say that The Cranes Are Flying is that film. It has the same like visual flair, hmm. but... It, the characters, it, well, it pays off more, I would say. And it's a beautiful, like you say, it's a beautiful film to watch. Yes. Be well up for more of that. Yeah. Awesome. Great. Um, I'm now just crowbarring random stuff in. Uh, <laughs> shirtless propagandistic shirtless propag- digging. Yes. <laughs> that was the most stereotypically Soviet Russian bit in my mind. Yes. So while they're digging for diamonds, diamonds, yeah, they have a good shot where it's shot from just above ground level. Yeah. Pointing upwards at Sergei, who's quite buff. Yeah. Um, swinging a pickaxe. Swinging a pickaxe whilst topless in the sun. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it is kind of like, this seems very much like it would be out of a older Soviet propaganda film. You can, I can just see the poster yeah. of, a, of a farmer or something digging in the sunshine, yeah. topless. Yeah. Tilling the soil is that—that's the thing people do, right? Yeah. Um, and then it kind of pans out, and then sort of everyone's doing it, but only only Sergei's topless. Yeah. Um, Although there is that scene in the rain, which was super awkward. Was it in the rain, or was it just in a like? Or were they just in a boat? I think that might just be in the boat or a stream or something. Certainly, there was some extreme wet t-shirtage. It looked cold. <laughs> well, that's going into way too much detail. Now we're moving on from here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, the human form was appreciated by the camera. Yes. There wasn't very much of that, but there was just like those two Yeah, it didn't odd... seem like super gratuitous. No. Um, you know, and the, largely the camera seemed respectful of Tanya. Yes. Um, yes. It was just that one... It was like... just that one kind of scene similar in Congress, but maybe we'll just... Prudish Brits. That Maybe. Probably. Um, but yeah, the digging, the buff digging was... Yeah, it, it felt pro- slightly out of place. It did, yeah, like you said, it felt like it came from sort of older, yeah. propagandistic time. Yeah, and the fire digging also. <laughs> fire, yeah, that was a kind of a weird flare flourish. And like it, I sort of saw where I was going with it, but, and it made more sense later in the film when they're trapped by a lot of forest fires. But then early on, at various points, there's like flames in front of the camera, like between the camera and the action, where yeah. there doesn't actually appear to be any fire going on yeah. in the scene. I don't know what it's meant to indicate, like, there is some tension, there might be a fire, it's hot, I don't know. Yeah, well, um, <laughs> midsummer, well, S- Siberia tends to be associated with cold, but certain bits of it, because it's very big and it's very continental. In the I summer, it gets sense, hot. But it just, yeah. it seems... Like they were randomly digging in some fire. Yeah, yeah. Like, are they digging in some fire? <laughs> are they climbing, scrambling up this hill in some fire? Yeah. Uh, probably not. No. Um, so I thought that was a bit of a weird flourish, but um, I suppose it made more sense thematically when there is actually a load of fire. Yes. And you're like, oh, is it foreshadowing? Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, the fire bits looked dangerous. I'm sure that there was a lot of health and safety going on that set, but there were elements of like... <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I'm kind of glad I wasn't there in some of those fire scenes. They seemed quite deep into these burning trees and yeah, ducking underneath burning logs. And... and actually, again, going back to the cinematography was a thing that I quite liked about the the having objects between the characters and the camera was done quite. Yeah, it definitely well. felt like put in that situation. Yeah. quite well. Yeah. It didn't. Yeah, it didn't feel like there was much distance between. The camera and the actors and yeah. their surroundings. Yeah, there was even some bits which seemed like they must have been handheld, which I imagine must have been really difficult back with those heavy oh, cameras. Oh, so, yeah, the early bits when they're sort of walking through the brush. 
yeah, kind of going in circles, which was a bit... Yeah, kind of did seem like they were quite confined to where they could walk while the camera could still see them. Yeah. Um, because they did seem to be circling around the same bit. Which, again, was one of those little details which made you kind of like... Yeah, I feel like that was probably a technical it. restriction that they couldn't yeah. move the camera very far. Yeah. I feel like we're being totally mean about this film, but... Yeah, that's... I don't know. It seems a little unfair, because I don't want to like slag off everything about it, because there was lots of great stuff and great shots and some good acting and overall. But they just felt to me more like a, a mood piece than a kind of complete... I mean, there is a story, there is a plot running through it, stuff happens, there is a beginning, middle, end, but it just felt like it kind of maybe didn't live up to the potential of its premise. I don't know. But maybe I'm missing the point. No, I think I think I feel a very similar way. But it was interesting to watch. Yeah, and I'd like to see more. And if this has piqued interest, it's only half an hour and it's available for free. You mean an hour and a half? Oh yeah, an hour and a half. <laughs> if you put it on three times speed, it's half an hour long. <laughs> yeah, that would probably give it a slightly uh, like comedic. <laughs> and then you can finish it and you can watch it and go, I don't know, maybe they packed in too much. <laughs> yes. Um, oh, so I, this again, random details that I'm just crowbarring in stereotype defying they talk about they set this up right at the beginning that they're going to like drink to their success or if they don't find diamonds they're going to drink to kind of commiserate yes whatever we'll be drinking is basically the line (laughs) which on the one hand very stereotypically what you'd think of when you associate with russia Mm -hmm. alcoholism (laughs) um which is so mean because you know Britain is not exactly like no, abstemious. but also what you associate with Britain, so you know that's true. Something we have in common, <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's not vodka. No, it's cognac. Yes, and it's probably Armenian cognac or Ar- Armenian brandy. If you're being super pedantic, but they call it cognac. So it's pre-EU designated origin. Yes. Well, they still call it cognac because <laughs> Russia the, not an EU. Yeah. Um, and not likely to be any time soon. No. Um, <laughs> so yes, so that's one of the little kind of like cultural details is... Yes, they never... I made that assumption that was French just because... Yeah, they, because they say cognac. Because they say yeah. cognac. Because probably in the 60s people aren't too bothered about following... No, I just yeah, assumed <laughs> it was like a French drink. Yeah, but, um, no. Um, like, that's interesting. It would have been Armenian. Yeah, Ar- Armenia is, is famous for, at least in the Russia and former Soviet yeah. Union, for producing... Brandy. Yeah. Um, supposedly, Winston Churchill managed to get like a whole train carriage of Armenian brandy shipped back to Britain after he'd had some during the Yalta conference. Nice. Um, because, you know, obviously, when you're having big, high ranking diplomatic people over, you, you give I them the know. nice stuff. So I'm just imagining like most of Downing Street <laughs> full of bottles of cognac. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Winston Churchill blasting through it in about three weeks. Yep. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> On that note, I think we should end the podcast. I'm kind of sad we don't have any Armenian cognac to end this episode now. Yeah, that that was a failing on my part. That's okay. We will get on the internet, find some. For you listeners, this is what we do for you. Go and drink. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Responsibly. Responsibly. Drink responsibly. I'm driving, so I shan't be having any mini cognac until I'm home. Yeah, well, until we get you some. But I had some because, obviously, living in Russia, it was easier to get hold of. And the stuff I had was good. (laughs) So Good to know. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. Apologies to anyone who's teetotal. That's not Russian, is it? Sorry. Prost, or whatever. That's German or something, I don't know. No idea. Cheers. Oh, right, yeah. In Russia, like, the stereotype is that people think that it's Nastarovia, but Mm -hmm. no one actually says that. Oh, that's disappointing. On the other hand, what they do like to do is big, elaborate, long toasts, and but it will always be to something, so it's... Okay, rather than just generic. Yeah. So sometimes, like, there's some... Really simple ones like to happiness, which would be like zashastya, or to not finding diamonds. <laughs> um, they did find diamonds, of course. Yeah, um, I'm trying to go. We found a diamond of a film, but that kind of undercuts the whole undercuts. Bit of this That's episode. freaking brilliant. What undercuts like with a 
Because diamonds are used for cutting things. Yes. That was entirely intentional. <laughs> and I appreciate your response. Thanks. Uh, on that note. <laughs> Thanks very much, Lynn, for being a guest. Well, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure and it's always something interesting. Next time, cognac. Can't make any promises, but I'll do what I can. <laughs> Take care, everyone. Yeah. Dust it down, you folks. So that's it for this episode, but before I go, I'd like to thank Sasha Ilukovic and the Highly Skilled Migrants for the use of their song Cold in our intro. You can find that song and the rest of their back catalogue on Bandcamp and Spotify. If you're enjoying the show, please consider supporting us by leaving a rating at Apple Podcasts or at podchaser.com. That second one, Podchaser, even lets you rate individual episodes, so if this episode particularly stood out to you, you can let other listeners know that you enjoyed it. Recommending the show on social media is hugely helpful as well. If you can spare a moment or two to do that, it would really make my day. Thank you, thank you very much. Speaking of social media... Please find us and say hi on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. You can also drop us a line at roosfilesunite at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, take care of yourselves, and bye for now. <laughs>